So the kids are with us this morning, so I'm going to be talking to them uh, this morning, and if the adults want to listen, they can. Uh, our notes are a little different as well. There's a, they're just blank. So adults, if you get real fidgety, you can draw pictures and you can do what you want because I know sometimes you guys get that way while the kids are taking uh, copious notes. Thank you. I was going to use another word that had nothing to do with that. Okay. How many of you kids ever get invited to a birthday party? Okay. Good. good. Yeah. Look at uh, some big kids out there. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Is it exciting? What's the be- what is the... Honestly, when you look at that invitation, what is the thing you look forward to most at the birthday parties? Go ahead, what? A piece of cake, good. What else? Bounce house, good. Goodie bags, nice. Ooh, shattering the pinata. Okay, some anger issues there, but that's all right. Okay, what, what else? What else? Nobody. Presents, okay, yeah, games, excellent, good, good. And I don't know if you guys are like us, but when one of our kids gets an invitation, oftentimes we post it on the fridge, and, and sometimes, if it's a good part, like if the family has money, then everybody's like, even I go, you know, because I know the food's going to be good and stuff like that. But, you know, everyone looks forward to it. My uh, sister-in-law have some dear friends that went to the best party ever. The best party. And for kids, you might, you might not get why this was such a good party, but for the adults, they certainly will. They're just, these friends are just like us. They're not, they don't make tons of money. They're not, you know, they're just normal people. But they got invited to this party on the Newport coast by a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. So they show up, they, the, they have valet, they park the car, they immediately... People just start handing them gift cards, $100 gift cards to the different places, Home Depot, Circuit City, all this kind of stuff. And the National Guard is there in uniform, all set up. So they come in. Cirque du Soleil was flown in from Las Vegas. And they would just go on the grounds, do Cirque du Soleil stuff, and the, you know, and they, they got the the stilts and the flowing robes and you know you're just walking along eat, you know chomping on whatever and all of a sudden some person will start doing backflips all over the place they flew Cirque du Soleil in and then they had a room uh, it was his library that he converted into a radio shack and you'd go in and you could pick one gift out of this whatever you wanted Okay, so they had stack. This was when the iPhone first came out. Stacks of iPhones, and this 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 gal wanted an iPhone so bad, and so she got her iPhone, not realizing that there's a thirty dollar a month data plan that goes with it. Uh, so that's just a little thing. So she gets her iPhone. He gets like a uh, flat screen. You know, it, it was just crazy. They had a sushi restaurant come in, and they built a sushi bar there. And this gal loves sushi, so she says, you know, what, you know, what can I get? He's like, anything you want, we've flown it all. Anything you would normally get at a sushi restaurant, we have here. Then they had to leave early because their kids were, uh, you know, kids are always getting in the way, by the way, of adults having fun. I just want to point that out on Family Sunday, okay? So uh, they, they had to go get their kids. They told the sitter they'd be back at a certain time. So they went to the owner of this um, this uh, house who subsequently uh, got put in prison for embezzling money. But the point is, uh, uh, 
serving his sentence out. That's so funny to me. Anyway, so he goes, they go to the host and they say, oh, we got to pick up our kids. You know, we, we're, thank you so much for this party. It was so much fun. He said, don't, you don't have to leave, do you? Said, yeah, we got to go pick up our kids. I'll send a limo to go take the babysitter home and bring your kids here. So he sends his limo to go take the babysitter home, bring the kids, and he pays the babysitter. Crazy, right? So then they go the rest of the evening uh, at the, at, with their kids with them. The best party ever. Now imagine if you were invited to that party, have it up on your fridge, and you decide, this is the last minute, you know what, I don't really know this guy, I don't want to go all the way down to Newport, forget it. And you miss it. And your friend calls you up, dude, they had iPhones there, Right? Imagine that feeling. Well, this is where we are in Matthew chapter 28. And what Jesus is talking about, he's talking to the Pharisees. Do you kids know who the Pharisees are? Are the Pharisees good or bad? Okay, adults, zip it. Okay, guess I guess, oh, oh, I know Pastor John, they're bad. You guys cheated because we've been in Matthew all this time and you guys know all about that. The kids, I know that we only have four of them in here this first service, but... Uh, they're bad, right? And so Jesus tells this story, and he says, he starts it off like this. He says, the kingdom of God is like a king. Okay, so what he's saying is to them, and when, when Jesus uses the term the kingdom of God, what he's saying is like, when God is ruling the way God is supposed to rule in your life, this is what it looks like. Okay, it's called a parable, okay? So, Matthew chapter 22, uh, uh, starting in verse 1. I didn't put it up there, but you can follow along pretty easily. And if you're following in the NIV, I'm going to be switching some words around just because sometimes I do that uh, for the kids. So Jesus spoke to them again in a parable, and he says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Kids, do you like to go to weddings? I hate it. I know. They're boring. They do have good cake. The kingdom of God is like a, who prepares a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. So he sends out these invitations, right? And he says, come on, I want you guys to come to the wedding banquet. So, he, so you understand what happens back in those days? It wasn't like a little party, okay? These banquets went on for like seven days. And it was hard to get everything together. So what a king would do is he'd send out an invitation and he'd say, around this time, that's when the wedding's going to be. They didn't have refrigeration. He couldn't run to Costco. Okay, so they had to get kind of all this stuff shipped in and prepared. And so what people would do is they'd mark on their calendars, it's going to be around this time. And they'd always kind of be ready. Okay, that's what happens here. So he sends some servants to tell them to come and they say, no, we're not coming. Okay. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who've been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted cattle have been butchered. Every, like the barbecue is ready. Everybody's ready to go. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention. They paid no attention. And went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He, you can imagine how upset he'd be. He sent an army to destroy those murderers and burn their city. I'd, I'd be pretty ticked myself. 
By the way, if you don't go to somebody's birthday party, hopefully they won't do that to you. Okay, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So now everybody's invited to this banquet, all of them. He says, so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he said, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. The king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. Pretty scary stuff, okay? What does this mean? The Jews were the first people, we call them God's chosen people. They were invited to have relationship with God. What we're gonna be talking about this morning is relationship with God. There is a God that loves you very, very much and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. He's inviting you to the best party ever. It's a party with him, okay? And so he, he, uh, the Jews were invited to this party and Jesus was the, 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 that, he was the point. He was the messenger and they missed it. They missed it. They paid no attention to him. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 11, it says, he came to his own and his own didn't even know who he was. And so Jesus comes, he's the Messiah. This is what's been prophesied about in all the Old Testament. It comes to Jesus. The Old Testament says, there's gonna be a party. Prepare, get ready. It's, gonna, it's coming, it's coming. And then finally when it comes, when the Messiah comes, they, either the invitation fell off their fridge or whatever, but they were just indifferent. They didn't care. And so Jesus, so Jesus tells a story and he says, you know what? So then everybody's invited and that's you and me. We are all invited to relationship with God. Now our sin keeps us apart from that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But this is the invitation that God has for you. There's an almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, perfectly holy, and he's prepared a party. And he wants you to come. It's better than even if the... Uh, the President of the United States invited you over. Okay, I want to read a scripture that's going to kind of talk about our lives. It's, this was their problem, but they paid no attention and went off. They said, whatever. Kids, do you know something? Do you want to know the most frustrating thing you can say to your parents? It's not, I hate you or anything like that. I mean, even though that's terrible. It's when your parents tell you something and you go, yeah, whatever. That infuriates a parent. Whatever. But you know what? Your parents... Don't tell them I said this. Your parents do that all the time to God. God is trying to woo them. God is trying to say, hey, you put that aside. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about your field, your business, all these things these people were worried about. Don't worry that that person said that to you. It's not a big deal. Relationship with me is the best, best, best party ever. And they go, yeah, whatever. I got too much to do. They miss it. They miss it. And when you get older, sometimes you get, you, you get into this idea that your life is so important, you miss the parties, this relationship with God. And I'm here to encourage you, <laughs> I'm here to encourage you, don't miss out. So what happened? Well, they paid no attention, okay? They paid no attention. Jesus says, then invite everybody, everybody, good, bad, everybody, everybody's invited. 
Now how, if you're a bad person, if you're kind of a poor person, if you're a dirty person or whatever, and all of a sudden you get invited to the palace, how, how are you going to show up? Do you guys ever, so the parties you go to, do they ever have themes like a pirate theme or whatever? Someday, wouldn't it be fun to have church with a pirate theme? Uh, okay, sorry. Anyway, so uh, th- they have themes, right? So you go, you know, Star Wars theme, and, and at, the, at the invitation it says, you know, dress up like your favorite Star Wars character and all that kind of stuff. Hold on one second. And so, uh, you, you know, you dress up. This party has a righteousness theme. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yes. Thank you for that. Okay? Is your mom not here sitting next to you to control you? Okay, all right. right. It has a righteousness theme. So imagine, you get this invitation from the king and it says, clothe yourself in righteousness when you show up to this party. And you look down and you realize, uh, I don't have any righteousness clothes. Honey, my righteousness, where is it? And she's like, it is never here, okay, right? Or whatever your wife says, right? And you say, oh no, I, I, I'm not worthy to go to this party. And guess what? You're not. You don't have any righteousness clothes. As a matter of fact, I'm going to skip a little bit forward here to this one. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts, oh, I know, I'll, I'll put on my, you know, I've got a pretty good suit on. And, you know, you put it on and it just becomes dirty and it's made in China. And, the, you know, the, you pull the string and it just kind of, unravels right that's what this is saying all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags when you show up at the party and you say i'm here i'm dressed in my righteousness they go oh oh, please you stinky right we all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away have you ever met someone whose sin has swept them away they're embittered they're bitter they're all you know they Bitter is with a T. Man, kids these days. Stay in school, right? Okay? So what happens is we show up, we have this invitation, and we show up and we go, I'm here, and the Lord says this, you are not worthy to be at this party, but guess what? Look at the bottom of your invitation. Righteous garments provided. And God, through what he did on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, has allowed us to now come to this righteousness-themed party and hang with God, who doesn't allow any sin. He doesn't allow you to come in and be all stinky. That's why he throws this one guy out. He says, where are your wedding clothes? And the guy was speechless. And what Christ did on the cross, you say, well, man, how do I do that? You just understand that you cannot do it on your own and you turn from your sin and you say, dear Lord, I need those garments. I accept what you did on the cross. That's it. That's the invitation that God is giving to you. Relationship with him. So let me go back to this. Look at, this is such a great verse here. Um, Make sure I got it. Oh man, here we go. Yeah. I delight greatly in the Lord. For my soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Whew. 
That's what God provides. He provides righteousness. The blood, there always has to be a sacrifice for sin. And that blood, that what Christ did on the cross, pays the penalty for that. You, go, you come in and he's got, it's just like the best party ever. When you show up, he automatically gives you a goodie bag. You ever been to a party where they give you a little goodie bag and you open it up? You have? What would you like to see in the goodie bag? Candy? Anything else? Toys, good. What? Yeah, toys, good. You know what I'd like to see? Money. The whole thing <laughs> just stacked with cash. Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, anyway. Uh, so so he, right when we, when we accept him, all of a sudden he goes, here's your goodie bag, and it's gifts. Gifts of encouragement. Gifts to be able to be used in relationship to him. Gifts of, uh, of, of um, words of wisdom and discernment and all these things that we didn't have before. When we accept Christ, he says, and here's your goodie bag. And he's got all that stuff. And you go, man, this is awesome. And then he gives fruit. Your life all of a sudden begins to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's awesome, awesome. But we have to say yes to the invitation. Now, for some of you, you say, oh, I have said yes to the invitation. And you have. You're invited to the party. But you don't go because you're distracted. Now, he, what happens next in, in Matthew chapter 22 is they try to test Jesus three times in a row. And let me tell you something. Don't ever try to test Jesus because he's smarter than you. Okay? And so what he does, he just tests them with three distractions. And we're going to go over those uh, real quickly, this was the one all of us have become like one who is unclean. But they come up to him and they go, hey, um, the, the, the two, two groups come, the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now the Herodians, were, um, they were faithful to Herod. And so they were going to trap Jesus in having him talk bad about Caesar. Okay? So what they do is they go, anybody have a coin? I didn't bring a coin. Any coin is good. Any coin. All right? Oh, cool. Thank you. Oh, I was going to catch it, but it was good because I probably wouldn't have, and then it would have rolled them. So they bring him a coin. I'm going to keep this, by the way. Thanks. Uh, well, I need it for next service, and I'll put it in your family mailbox. Um, thanks for the penny. Okay, so uh, he hands Jesus a coin. or no, They say, should we pay our taxes, this poll tax? It was $100 for everybody is essentially what it worked out to be. And Jesus says, give me a coin. And he takes it, and he says, who's, who's on here? Well, it was a picture of Caesar. See, they worshipped Caesar. Caesar, he was on the head of all the coins. They said it's Caesar's. And this is what Jesus says to them. Now, pay attention, parents, because this, this, is a, this uh, has to do with us. Caesar's, they replied. He said, then stop being distracted by all this stuff. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And this is the most important part. And to God what is God's? It goes back to relationship. Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar, but give to God what God is due. Now here's what's really funny about these words. Sometimes in the Bible, words are very, very, very important. The word they used to say pay taxes to Caesar was to give as a gift. Okay? So they said, you know, should we really give Caesar, this, this gift of this poll tax. The word Jesus uses for give is to pay a debt. Very important. Jesus said, they say, hey, should we give Caesar the poll tax? And he says, no, render, pay, you owe it 
pay Caesar what is, what is Caesar's. And pay what God is due. And don't confuse the two. Don't get distracted with money, with things, with, oh man, if I give him a hundred bucks and I won't have it for this. Jesus says, don't get distracted. Concentrate on what God is due. Now, what does God do? It says here in Jeremiah, who would not fear you, O king of nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms, again, this is the king and taxes and all that, there is none like you. What we're talking about is worship. And many times we're invited to this party of worship, of intimacy with God, and we're, we're disinterested. Mike was joking about it earlier. You know, oh, it's not my song, it's not this, it's not that. Or, or, or God wants you to use your time and your commute to worship with him, and we're distracted by we gotta get there, we gotta, what's on the radio, who won the sports game? We get disinterested, we get um, distracted, but the word I want, indifferent. We get in, no, it's indifferent. (laughs) This kid, man, he doesn't get any of the words right. Indifferent. And so they come and they distract Jesus with with this money and say, what do we do about our money? You know, this is is crazy. And these guys, and he goes, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. It's his due. It's fine. He, by the way, if they didn't pay it, they died. So it's not like they they really had any choice, Okay. But Jesus says, but give to God what is God's. And I'm just here to challenge you this week, as you go into your week, look at times where the Lord is calling you to relationship. He's calling you to a party. He's calling you to a time of prayer. He's calling you to a time of just maybe quiet. And he's saying, come on. And we go, ah, you know, I've, I've just got to, got to think about this. I've got to think. And to settle down and not miss that party the best party ever relationship with god so then what happens they come again to him and they start getting him all try to trick him on doctrine and what comes to him is the sadducees do you know why they call them sadducees they're because you're they're sad you see <laughs> right that's good because they don't believe in the resurrection so they're they're crying so they're sad you see no that's not why actually we don't know where the word comes from uh, by we, I mean all the people I read, <laughs> not me. But uh, so they, they come to the Sadducees, and they Sadducees come to them, and they say, "Okay," because the Sadducees and the Pharisees argued about the resurrection all the time. Okay, because the Sadducees focused on the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, which doesn't really talk too much about the resurrection. If you go into Psalms and in Daniel, it talks about it a lot, but they kind of set that aside. So they told the Pharisees. Prove the resurrection, but do it in the Pentateuch, the five books of the Bible. First five books of the Bible. The Pharisees believed when you died and when you went to go be with God, you were in the exact state you died in. If you were married, you went up married. If you had two kids, you went up with two kids. If you had a job, you went up there with that's who you kind of are, your identity, right? They misunderstood the resurrection. They misunderstood what happens when you go to the greatest, greatest, greatest party ever to be with God for all eternity, right? And so, let me, get, let me flip through this real quick because I got, I got messed up. There we go. Ah, cool. Right? So they go to him and they say, okay, and this was the one they'd use with the Pharisees. A guy has a wife um, and uh, he dies, so the brother 
uh, takes her to be the wife, then he dies, and the brother takes her to be the wife, and he dies, and the brother takes her to be the wife. When they get to the resurrection, whose wife is she? And the Pharisees are just like, dude, if he answers this one, this is just, this one has stumped us forever, right? Here's what Jesus says. I love this. He says, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Now listen, again, we're talking about distractions. We're talking about being indifferent. We're talking about first money, now the doctrinal issues, about sometimes we get so caught up, and believe me, doctrine is important. I understand it, okay? I, I, but we get so caught up in the minutia of the word that we're not living out the power of God. So Jesus says, you knuckleheads, is what the Greek says there. You don't know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor... There's going to be other things to do, like worship the eternal God forever. It's going to blow our minds. I can't even describe how great it's going to be. Okay? Neither will they marry nor be given to marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead... Now, watch this. Jesus uses a scripture. Oh, he just jacks them up. He uses the Pentateuch. He uses Exodus. And he says this. Have you not... Uh, read what God said to you. By the way, that's an insult to them. Have you not read? Of course they read, okay? Have you not read uh, what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the living. Now pay attention to what Jesus does. He calls them to relationship. I am the God of Abraham. That is a personal relationship God has with Abraham. I am the God of Isaac, a personal relationship with Isaac. I am a, the God of Jacob, a personal, God of, uh, the personal relationship with Jacob. Do you see that? Don't get distracted. God is inviting you to relationship, and it will impact every part of your life. Does your life get magically, you know, awesome? No, you still have problems. You still have all this stuff, but you have access to the king of kings. You have access to God. So they try to get him on that. He's not distracted by that. It's personal relationship. Then they come again and they go, well, what's the greatest commandment? It's a a third time they come to him, right? No, no, that doesn't bother me. I'm a professional. Okay, don't, don't get all distracted by that, okay? All right, they come again, and they say, what's the greatest commandment? They go, it says the Pharisees got together in order to trap him. What's the greatest commandment? What's, what's the thing we should focus on most, right? And again, we get distracted by this. We get, we get our own little kind of agenda on what's the most important thing about knowing the Lord. I'm here to tell you Jesus answers that question for them. And he does it this way. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in the scripture hangs on that. Loving God and loving people. That's why in your bulletin you'll see living spring, loving God, loving people. That's what we're all about. Everything we do has to hang on those two things. 